time we stop spreading fear and acknowledge some facts. This is not about freedom or personal choice. You know, you can't work anymore unless you do what I say. That's essentially what a vaccine passport is. Wear masks obviously is a violation of your personal rights, and so is being locked down. You've been patient. Your patience is wearing thin. Open society back up. Restore our freedoms. End this madness. G'day, I'm George Christensen, host of Conservative One, Pandemic Unmasked, the podcast that's lifting the veil on this COVID-19 pandemic. And we're finding out what lies underneath. In this episode, we continue our discussion with Dr. Robert Malone, who was the inventor of mRNA technology. And he's got some very interesting views on what actually lies behind this whole drive uh, for vaccinations and all the rest of the madness that we see around uh, governmental and big business responses to the pandemic. Uh, Listen to this, it's very, very insightful. What is the driver of this? Is it is it uh, madness? Is there some sort of mass psychosis going on? Is it just a profit motive? A big farmer uh, once again wanting to uh, just make big bucks, or is there something more sinister at play? What, what is your view on why this all continues to go down the same road when we know all of these problems? So. Uh... I think it's important to remember that uh, things can have multiple reasons Mm -hmm. and it can be all of the above. It doesn't happen to be, it doesn't have to be either or it can be some blend of, of all of that. For sure. We have as Matthias Desmet, I think gets credit for really pointing this out to the world. We have mass formation psychosis that's happening in probably about 30% of the population. Yep. We clearly have coordinated um, media pressure, uh, um, censorship, all kinds of practices, propaganda practices, the hunting of physicians that are prescribing drugs uh, to keep people out of the hospital. In the United States, we have perverse incentives for hospitalization. Uh, it's keeping, it's making huge amounts of profit, both for physicians and for hospitals, this disease, because of how our government has set up the compensation. You have, uh, so you have those kinds of drivers. In terms of, of uh, you're asking the big question, kind of the how and the why. Uh, I think one explanation is that there was a series of war games that were performed, many of them funded by the World Economic Forum and the Gates Foundation, many of them performed at Johns Hopkins at a shop that's basically a CIA shop. And it brought in and trained people that are involved in Australian uh, management of this, Justin Trudeau, Mm -hmm. people from the news media, government officials from the United States, high-profile academics, et cetera, were brought in to participate in these war games. And over the span of a few decades, they came up with basically a war plan, a battle plan, assuming a highly pathogenic virus and a highly effective vaccine. 
And for some reason, because of the people that they invited to these meetings, they seem to always come to an end point where they believe they concluded that there was going to have to be some form of forced vaccination, often involving some military aspect. Now, I think that has a lot to do, you know, if you bring around, bring together a certain group of people, type of people that are predisposed towards authoritarianism, you'll end up with an authoritarian endpoint. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, they came up with a battle plan and then this happened and they seem to have blindly implemented and followed that battle plan like any good, good bureaucrat would, but they're not warriors. They're not people that were trained in military theory and any good commander knows that your battle plan is only as good as the first time you encountered the enemy and then you have to modify it. They appear to never have modified their battle plan based on the true reality of this virus which is that for most of us, the risk of the virus is tiny. It's a fraction of a fraction of a percent. It's only in those high-risk groups. So they seem to be mindlessly marching along implementing this thing and feeling like they have to reach some endpoint and that the best and only real way to do that is by hammering everybody down with these vaccines that don't work. So there's that. Then, then there is this uh, coordinated media campaign that attacks physicians and manages the propaganda and it's global and it's harmonized and it uses even the same scripts. Okay, that's hard to figure out. What it tells you is that this uh, legacy media that's pushing all this is, uh, is coordinated centrally in some way. What's that yeah. way? Well, we have, the, we have the Trusted News Initiative from the BBC they're quite proud of it, and they've basically morphed into Orwell's Ministry of Truth. <laughs> um, you have uh, the social media systems, and that whole ecosystem of big tech has decided that um, they are going to enforce uh, vaccination for whatever reason, and they will block any uh, reveal of information even if it's a young woman who's been vaccine damaged or lost her baby and she wants to talk about it on Facebook, well, they won't allow that. So, so you have big tech, big media, big pharma, um, and big government all acting in a coordinated, harmonized fashion. Well, that's kind of hard to figure out how that could be happening, who could be managing that. And then you have to ask yourself, well, if you follow the money, where does that go? Well, it turns out that we have a group of major investment funds that control the vast amount of capital in the whole world right now, BlackRock, right. Vanguard, Main Street, et cetera. Yep. And they're the ones that own all these companies. They don't own them outright. They own large fractions of their shares and they functionally are able to control them. And so for them, you know, controlling media over here so that it's giving the same message that they want to sell their Pfizer product or whatever, um, that works for them. And yeah. uh, I, I, that's, that's the only way I can explain how we see this coordinated messaging that's coming across all channels and the suppression of any dissent or information that's contrary to the commercial interests of these large groups.
And then on top of that, we have this whole World Economic Forum agenda. And uh, they don't invite me to Davos, so I don't have any direct information about that. But, but it is curious that there is this long record of leadership, um, Klaus Schwab being an example, and his mentor, yes. Henry Kissinger, being an example, and Bill Gates, his buddy, being an example of people that seem to be in favor of some sort of depopulation or population reduction agenda, certainly are in favor of some sort of globalized controlled economy, certainly seem to have a predilection towards uh, a this kind of social credit system and manage, you know, ability to manage your, your ability to move out a, to have free choice in mm -hmm. in your economic activity and personal activity and uh they haven't been shy about speaking about these things you know was then we get back to the well was the virus intentional i, I can't go there one way or the other uh but um i i'm very confident that these kinds of folks believe in the theory that you should never let a good crisis go to waste and uh, so I, I, can't, I can't discern why governments uh, such as yours are behaving in ways that are inconsistent with the data, but they are. So, well, let me just, all of that, that's, um, I probably concur with every single thing you've said, but how do we unpick it? What is the one thing that you think, Dr. Malone, that should be done now to, to unpick this mess? that we're either so, got ourselves into or we're heading into. Uh, so if we still have democratic election integrity, that's an open question. Uh, I, I've asked the question often here in the States, how do we get rid of Tony Fauci? And my answer is having met with multiple senators and Congress people and discussed this issue, um, my answer is the midterm elections. Uh, the, the, the party in power is all in with this current system, uh, and they have deep ties into this kind of uh, World Economic Forum vision of the future for the United yeah. States. And uh, so the only way, you know, one has to hope that just like there was a, a surprise election here in the state of Virginia where I live, and uh, the uh, candidate that was believed to be a shoe-in, and he believed himself he was a shoe-in, Tara Bacoppel, um, got uh, did not get elected. Uh, and, and now we have a new administration coming in. That was a bit of a shock. And I suspect strongly that we may see an electoral sweep of the House and the Senate in the midterms. And then we can have the hearings, and then we can start stopping this. We hope in the states that the courts will block some of these mandates. And uh, I, I personally serve as the chief medical officer and regulatory officer of a group called the Unity Project. I think we're well over 100 organizations now operating under our umbrella. It's uh, California-based because of our, the governor in California, Gavin Newsom, has said that he wants to have mandated vaccines for children down to five, as you're mentioning. Uh, 
And so we're really focused on that. I, I have been personally focused on resisting mandated vaccines for children for uh, many, many months now. It's kind of the hill that I've chosen to fight on. Uh, and the thing about focusing on the adverse events and the risks to your children is that most parents, once you know, when they're when they're hit with the prospect that their kids are going to be forced to take these jabs, that's a bit of a red pill, a wake up call. And then they start asking questions, and pretty soon they're saying, "Well, if it's not good for the, my kids, why is it good for me?" So that's a that's a kind of a, a way to awaken people a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think uh, reaching back to Matthias, if and I think Matthias is explanation about mass formation psychosis is part of it, but I think there's these economic and political drivers also. But um, Matthias makes the point that we got about a third and a third and a third. We've got a third of the population that is open, hearing, looking at the data, raising questions, questioning the, the risk benefit of these vaccines. We've got a third that is hypnotized. And you can show them data until the cows come home. They're not going to care. They can't hear it. They're like the, the classic monkeys, you know, um, see yeah. no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. And they can't hear that information. They're fully hypnotized. Then you've got the middle third. And those are the ones that we have to kind of gently bring over to our side, in my, parent, in my, in my opinion. But we can't do it by yelling at them and calling them names and only yep. talking to ourselves. We have to find ways to reach those people. And I think that, uh, you know, hyperbole and anger and attacks and those kinds of things are our are, are enemy. It, it, it uh, just plays into the theme that, that we are not rational people and uh, we are not being objective, and we're uh, radical right. I mean, there's all these pejoratives. Radical right and uh, anti-vaxxer are two that in the American press is used to take anybody out that uh, the, 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 you know, the mainstream wants to um, sideline, is they, mm-hmm. they apply these pejoratives to them. So we can't play into that game. We can't give them ammunition. This is media warfare. This is 21st century media information warfare. And, uh, and the forces arrayed here are enormous. They are incredibly wealthy and well-financed. And they have a bot, you know, Bill Gates has dropped over $300 million into media. For no particular reason, it's not an investment that he's getting a return sure. on, unlike his vaccine companies. He's doing it. He's getting a return, he gains... a different type of return. Yeah. yeah, it's a different type of return. Exactly, it's a propaganda return. And so we have to be smart and not give our opponents um, reason or opportunity to hit us. And that's why this little, for instance, this little four-minute clip is kind of an example of how we can win. I'm a physician and a scientist, but more importantly, I'm a father and a grandfather. I don't usually read from a prepared speech, but this is so important that I wanted to make sure that I got every single word and fact, scientific fact, correct. I stand by this statement with a career dedicated to vaccine research and development. 
I'm vaccinated for COVID and I'm generally pro-vaccination. I've devoted my entire career to developing safe and effective ways to prevent and treat infectious diseases. After this, I'll be posting the text of this statement so that you can share it with your friends and family. Here's the thing. Before you inject your child, a decision that is irreversible, I wanted to let you know the scientific facts about this genetic vaccine, which is based on the RNA vaccine technology I created. There are three main issues that parents need to understand before they take this irrevocable decision. The first is that a viral gene will be injected into your parents' cells. This gene forces your child's body to make toxic spike proteins. These proteins often cause permanent damage in children's critical organs. These organs include their brain and nervous system, their heart and blood vessels, including blood clots, their reproductive system, and most importantly, this vaccine can trigger fundamental changes to their immune system. The most alarming point about this is that once these damages have occurred, they are irreparable. They cannot be reversed. You can't fix the lesions within their brains. You cannot repair heart tissue scarring. You cannot repair a genetically reset immune system. And this vaccine can cause reproductive damage that could affect future generations of your family. The second thing you need to know is about the fact that this novel technology has not been adequately tested. We need at least five years of testing and research before we can really understand the risks associated with this new technology. The harms and risk from new medicines often become revealed many years later. I ask you to ask yourself as a fellow parent, if you want your child to be part of the most radical experiment in human history. One final point. The reason they're giving you to vaccinate your child is a lie. Your children represent no danger to their parents or grandparents. It's actually the opposite. Their immunity after getting COVID is critical to save your family, if not the world, from this disease. Finally, in summary, there's no benefit for your children or your family to be vaccinating your children against the small risks of the virus, given the known health risks of the vaccine that as a parent, you and your children may have to live with for the rest of your lives. The risk benefit analysis is not even close with this vaccine for children. As a parent and grandparent, my strong recommendation to you 
is to resist and fight to protect your children. Um, the, when that was put out, it went like wildfire around the world. I got attacked by the Israeli Ministry of Health. I got attacked by the government of Spain. I got attacked by the government of Italy. And, uh, and we huddled back and we said, you know what? That shows we're winning because we've put them on the defensive by just a very clear, simple set of statements that took three minutes to deliver and managed to get into people's head and make them think and wake up a little bit. So I think that's, that's one of the things. But beyond that, Matthias teaches that the real problem is the social sickness that existed before the virus. The fact that our society has been fragmented, that we're no longer connected with each other. We're all sitting here with our, our little devices, click, 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 you know, swipe left to do whatever it is you want to do. Um, with your neighbor, but it's not, it's not, you know, real social interaction. And we had this free floating sense of things aren't right. It doesn't make sense. And uh, then that all got focused in like a laser beam on this particular virus. And that's what led to the psychosis. His point is that the only thing that's probably going to break those people free of that is becoming aware that an even greater threat is global totalitarianism, which is what's being rolled out uh, in your government is a, a leading exemplar of that, as is the Israeli government. But uh, beyond that, the real problem is the underlying social sickness that we had before this ever started, the fact that we've all been divided and fragmented from each other. So I like to say, how do we get out of this in the long term? We've got to repair those things. And I, I like to use three words, integrity, dignity, and community. We've got to repair and recreate structures that will force integrity. What is integrity? It means things like don't lie, um, uh, don't mislead, be transparent. We need integrity in our government. We need integrity in our commercial sector. We need dignity of human beings. We've now defined people as economic units to be manipulated and have rent extracted from. We use the language of economics to define humankind. And that's because the overlords are, are these huge investment funds. They only care about return on investment. They have no ethics, they have no soul, no motivation, and they are stealing our dignity as individual people. Whether you collect garbage or you're a physician scientist or you're a politician or a broadcaster or whatever, we are, I used to be a carpenter and a farmhand. I treat people of all walks of life with dignity, and I think that that's something we have to restore throughout our society. And then we have to just start to rebuild social connections, you know, whether it's through sports teams or it's through your church or other community volunteer organizations or politics or whatever gives you a sense of community. We need to come back together and build connections. So you asked me, how do we get out of this? Um, uh, hopefully through elections. Um, 
Hopefully we can stop the madness and then we can get to the point of getting back to building what and fixing what's really the underlying sickness, which are these fundamentals that has infected our whole society. So there's my my diatribe. Thank you for letting me get on the stump. Uh, that That is a, a very, very uh, great way to end uh, this interview. I thank you so much for giving us uh, so much of your time, Dr. Malone, and I thank you for being brave enough to speak out because I know that uh, the powers that be uh, in the US and around the world are doing their best to knock you. Uh, and I just uh, say, God bless you, Godspeed, and uh, hope you keep on speaking out. Thanks very much for joining us for Conservative One. Thank you, sir. Thanks for the opportunity. Conservative One Pandemic Unmasked is hosted by George Christensen, MP. You can find more episodes from this series at goodsource.news forward slash unmasked. This show is produced and published without censorship or paywall by the team at The Good Source, thanks to The Good Source supporters. If you'd like to be part of the solution by helping us produce more truthful content like this each month, head to goodsource.news and click on the support button. Make sure to follow George Christensen on Telegram, Getter, Gab, Parler, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. You can also help us beat the algorithms by giving us five stars and encouraging comments in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.